Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Welcome to the Food Court, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Richard Blaze, and I am your judge of sorts. Our guests today might think that they know more than me, but they will check that at the front door of their own homes because we are doing this virtually during a global pandemic. But we are friends, but they happen to be in my court now. I've judged them before, actually. Joining us today, we have two great chefs that I've had the pleasure of knowing for a long time. They're actually two chefs that I find incredibly inspiring. And of course, we are all Top Chef alums. So this is a family episode. The first one of our chefs was the fan favorite on the most recent Top Chef All-Stars. Well, she won it, so we can also mention that. Uh, She's been recognized as one of the best chefs in San Francisco Welcome, Chef Melissa King. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, Richard. <laughs> what is going on, Melissa King? Uh, has we have hung out so much that it is you are not even like in, uh, you have no enthusiasm for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You know that. All right. Well, I <laughs> so appreciate that. So this is so that. much fun for me. But let me get it off the chest. Like relationships aside, like this is court. So your love for me will not be considered in this verdict. Going up against Melissa, it's another great chef who also just competed and threw down on Top Chef All-Stars. He's about to drop an amazing cookbook, one of the best chefs in Portland. It's Chef Gregory Gorday. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> what is going on, Chef? How are you? Um, I'm actually doing pretty good, all things considered and all emotions considered, but, you know, just pushing through and just trying to make the best of what is life, what life is handling all of us right now. It's fun to be here and be with all of you, for sure. 
That's right. It's handing us these amazing virtual video sessions, which our audience can't see, but we are doing the Zoom thing. And rarely as a judge am I intimidated in the fashion sense by guests that we have on this podcast, because a lot of them are just podcasters and comedians who don't have much fashion sense. But you two are incredibly fashion forward. I, I Listen, I'm not going to use the word hipster because I'm old, because no true hipster likes the word we're, hipster. We're old too. I'm too old to be a hipster. You don't act, you don't look like it. You don't act like it. Asian, Asian just, don't raise in here. Listen, all, all I'm saying is like before I even came on this Zoom, I had a hat on. I tried to like make my hair really cool. I changed my shirt twice. You intimidated me in the kitchen and also just in the fashion arena. Melissa and I actually dress pretty similarly. We, we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we were roommates for two seasons and uh, yeah, I, we would share closets. I mean, like it just like looked exactly yeah. the same. I couldn't even tell if it was my closet or his closet. Unpacking, we're like, yeah, I have that. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything was black all black that's kind of amazing right that's like a real big asset when you're locked away for you know a number of weeks filming right yeah i had i had double the closet so i couldn't complain nice i'm trying to think if there's a tool in like if there's a culinary tool that also sort of jumps into the fashion world you know like i don't know should we be making face masks that also can sub it in as cheesecloths <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shut down, shut down. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> exactly. See, that's what I mean. Uh, you just proved it, Gregory, that I am not cool. But my question that, are, that I'm going to ask and our listeners want to know is, did it take long for you to decide what the topic would be today? Because it's a pretty epic battle coming up. <laughs> We went back and forth a lot. I think because we we eat very similarly too. We have similar tastes and things, so we can't agree. We can't disagree on anything. So a lot of topics got thrown out there, but I think this one that we that we landed on is going to be a good one. I was actually yes, calling it the Great Grain Debate. I don't know if that's oh. technically accurate. Um, Someone wrote that on my script. Crystal is nodding. Yes. <laughs> it is, it is so it's going to be an amazing throwdown. Before we get into it, Melissa, I know it's been a crazy year for all of us. Your year has been going, I'm going to say, pretty good, considering. No? Can't com I mean, yeah, it's going well. Can't complain. <laughs> Nice. I mean, you're crushing it. You're all over the place. I have to now, listen, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a little, I'm sharing stage time with you now is what's happening. <laughs> I mean, you got to share the wealth here, man. <laughs> I yeah. love being on stage with you. I think it's so much fun. We have a good time, you know, and then yeah. you bust out these like, what are those flamethrowers and, and I just, yeah, I do kind of the other stuff, just the normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, you say that, but I'm just letting you know because we are friends and I think it's always good to be revealing that like, you know, for me to go from, you know, marquee act to opening for Melissa King has been a shot to my ego. <laughs> and, she, and she's so kind, right? She has no response. Like there's no, like she's just kind, smiling. She's like, yeah, this is how it's going to be from here on out. She's like out the way, uh, Richard. <laughs> Now, listen, Gregory, what about yourself? You, you mentioned it a little bit in the open. What's it like being a chef in the uh, post-COVID existence? I mean, it's it's truly been a crazy roller coaster. And I think we're still, you know, as a country, well, specifically, you know, as a city, as a country, maybe globally, we're kind of reconsidering, you know, I'm just trying to figure out why, the why behind everything. And I think, you know, A, I've 
had to be extremely creative to find ways to um, express myself and it's been fun and it's really amazing that there are so many avenues that you can pursue with food so I've been really really busy but I think the bigger picture is you know at the heart I'm just a chef and I want to work in restaurants and I want to lead teams so it's just a really good time to you know kind of us for all of us to think about what it means to be a restaurateur what it means to be a chef what it means to lead people and we can come back and restaurants can be better than ever when they actually do come back absolutely fair to say that we also are in the beginning of the renaissance of home cooking how have you both if you want to tackle this how have you sort of evolved into doing you know more home cooking because we we're not in our restaurants as much yeah i mean i've been cooking Every day, all day. I think a lot of my normal work, as you as well, is very event focused. And after the pandemic or during the pandemic, I had to learn to evolve quickly into the virtual model. And I felt inspired to want to teach people at home how to cook better. And knowing that everyone is now a professional chef at home. So, um, you know, doing virtual cooking classes and hosting those have been really fun for me and just a way that I can be creative and help pass my knowledge on. But yeah, I think right now is a very interesting time for everyone. And I think it's great that food is that one thing that's bringing everyone together right now. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Now listen, we're all friends, but the niceties need to go to the side right, right now. now. Okay? okay. Get them out <laughs> of the way. <laughs> Melissa, tell us about the case in a sentence or two that you brought to the food court. For this particular topic? I yes. Mean, I mean, you're welcome I'm, to come back and debate other topics as well, but for this one. <laughs> I'm fighting for rice today. I, you know, I'm Asian. I grew up on rice. It is a staple of my family and my heritage and generations upon generations have been living off of rice. So I'm fighting for the, the rights of rice today. Mm, this is all about rice, okay? Definitely a staple in uh, most people's diets, mine included, especially here during the pandemic. Listen, my producer, Crystal, looked this up for me, and over 3.5 billion people rely on rice in their diets every day. Rice is king. It or, is. See how we threw that in there? Very well. I love that. <laughs> or is it? Gregory, I'm guessing you have a different thought about this. Yeah, so... I 100%, you know, respect rice and I think it transcends culture and countries and, you know, pretty much every, I would imagine almost every single culture, rice is extremely important to their survival and has been historically, but I'm here to talk about the culinary aspect and the potential of noodles and how noodles while they might represent a smaller part of the globe they are extremely important to vast uh, regions of the world and i think they're just more versatile in a culinary sense and that okay you you will i will i hate to gavel you in gregory you're gonna have time to talk about why noodles are the best but holy moly, this is tough. Noodles are also a staple food. I don't know. I love both of them. This is going to be a tough one to judge. Our audience, I know, is going to have a real tough time listening to this one. Now, just to be clear, you're not. are you talking about pasta? Does pasta count as a noodle? No, we are not talking about pasta. So uh, I think when we talk about pasta, maybe we focus on a real omit uh, the traditional Italian pasta, durum wheat focused, and we talk about the broader sense of noodles made from various other flours and, and softer wheat. Mm. Mm. So this is going to be interesting. This is, I guess, this is kind of an Asian food debate. Then, mm, I mean, I think rice transcends Asia, but. 
Okay, there we go. I love this. That was a written line, by the way. Uh, this is going to be one of those cases that really tests my mettle as a judge because, like I said, I love both rice and noodles. But in this courtroom, I make my judgments only on the arguments presented and not my own personal feelings towards, obviously, either of you or the specific food itself because I come in with my own feelings. But this is just based off of the debate. It's a tough job, but listen, someone has to do it. Before we plea your cases, before you get into the heavy hitting here, I love to do a quick round of trivia. I'm sure you've been studying all night. Uh, and it is what separates my respected food court from the fly-by-night operations out there. All of the other courts that do not do all the hard work that we do. The winner of the trivia round gets to decide the order that you present your arguments. And uh, listen, also, you get to win a prize. Actually, there's no prize, guys. That was just me. <laughs> there's actually no prize. You get bragging rights, which is also like the worst thing, right? It's like every, every show says, what you get is bragging rights. No one brags about their win on food court, except actually the one we did in this house where my kids argued and the audience had to decide the winner. There's a little bragging happening around the house about that one. Now, listen, our audience who is only listening to us, they have to know who's chiming in with the trivia. So our guests have been asked from the comfort of their own home to create a sound effect or buzzer. It is time to figure out what they've chosen. Gregory, what sound will you be making? I, it's a tin that I can barely hear. <laughs> I can't even that hear up. that. Yeah. <laughs> No. Okay. No. Like, bring, maybe closer to the bike. What, what? All right. It sounds like Gregory's grating some Parmesan cheese very softly. <laughs> How about that? I'll be using my mouth. Buzz. Gregory will be the ever-loving, nonchalant bumblebee. <laughs> very creative. A non-enthusiastic. The bumblebee that's just like, buzz. <laughs> He's just going about his business. There it is. Melissa, you have a sound effect as well. What sound will you be using? Yes, that. I got chopsticks banging on a canteen bottle. Ooh, a loud one. I like it. Chopsticks on a canteen bottle versus the human buzz. Now, listen, this has been happening only on the virtual experiences because when we're in studio, there's usually sound effects and buttons to hit. But technically, Gregory, I think you have a bit of an advantage should be quicker for you to make a sound with your mouth than it will be for Melissa to use those chopsticks. I'm pretty fast with chopsticks. Talking about rice. <laughs> I, don't I don't know where you guys went to culinary school or if you even did, but I remember part of my culinary school, which was really unfair, was Asian cookery was like a six-day class. I think we all went to the same one. We all went to the CIA. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. all CIA grads. Okay, so I yeah, don't know when go. you went, but mine was like five days of like exploring you know, half of the world. <laughs> yeah. And I just yep. remember the one test was like picking up uh, raw rice grains or beans with chopsticks. Do you guys remember? Did you guys have to do that? I don't, remember. I don't know if I, I, I remember. I've done that since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A fun game to play. Honestly, if you're home and you want to get better with your chopsticks, just have some raw beans out. And if you can pluck them uh, raw beans with your chopsticks, you're, you're off to a good start. No comments, Gregory? I went to culinary school in 98. That tells you how old I am. So you didn't even have, so you didn't even have the Asian class. No, we did. No, we did. <laughs> it didn't even exist. It did. <laughs> Chef, Chef Danny Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you did not do the chopstick test. Okay. Fair I don't enough. remember. Okay, here we go. We both have our sound effects. We're getting into the trivia round. And here we go. Question one. What car manufacturer name means the main rice field in Japanese? 
what car manufacturer name means the main rice field in Japanese. <laughs> this is, you can take a guess. <laughs> Anyone? I know this is wrong, but Mitsubishi, I don't know. Melissa King chiming in, it is not Mitsubishi. <laughs> Gregory, do you want to steal the answer? Subaru? Oh. It is not Subaru. So for the first time in food court history, no one will be awarded a point in the first round. Keeping things fresh, the answer is Honda. Oh, Honda. that was easy. I feel like we, we could have known. Yeah, we knew that one. Okay, we're just warming up here. I know that they make cars, but I think of Honda just as more of a motorcycle thing. So that, that would have what thrown me off. And I did not know the answer either. I'm reading these for the first time myself. So uh, it's anyone's game. Two questions left. The second one is multiple choice. According to Googling, what is the most popular noodle dish in the world? The answer is A, lo mein, B, pho, C, ramen. That is Melissa King. Ramen. Ramen. Melissa King, your answer is correct. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, practicing my... TV show diversionary tactics, <laughs> letting you think that perhaps you got it wrong. The answer is ramen. That one could have went, I mean, that to me was just, did you have any, just, did you take a guess or? I, I, I just took it. I took a guess. I went with my gut there on that one. Nice. I like it. What are your thoughts? This is a total sidebar. Uh, I may or may not award a point for this, but your thoughts on ramen burgers, an abomination should be illegal. I've, I've never had one actually. Just because it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, Understandable. Yeah, I, I'm a purist, you know. I like like ramen in actual soup and broth. I get it. You know, that's the way it should be. Shouldn't mess with that. Yeah, understood, understood. Gregory, no thoughts on the ramen burger. That's fine. Uh, All right, so it is one point to Melissa and zero points at the moment for Gregory. We're heading into question three, and this is my court. I have determined that question three will be worth two points, which means whoever gets this right will be the winner, of course. According to Food Reference, which U.S. state produces the most rice in America? Buzz, California. The buzz comes in from Gregory, and the answer is not California. Uh. Melissa, you can steal it, although there's 49 other options here, which is going to be really, really tough. I'll give you guys a bonus because I don't know if you're both. I'm a, a massive sports fan, and there's, I'm going to connect this to food. So the, the college of this state, their nickname is the Hogs, which is somewhat food-related. They're one of the few teams that have a pig as a mascot. They're also called the Razorbacks. It also was the home state of one of our presidents of the United States. South Carolina, <laughs> Buzz. This is not, this is not helping me. <laughs> I'm trying to help out. And the answer is Arkansas. What? Arkansas. Hey. Arkansas. Guys, you got to watch Ozark. <clears throat> That's where this one comes in. I've been obsessed with the show. Actually, I don't think there's any rice scenes in Ozark. But the answer is Arkansas. In 2015, Arkansas farmers produced 207 million something bushels of rice on 1.2 something million acres. That's accounted for 49% of all the rice produced in the United States. And listen, you get to learn something. We all learned something today on Food Court. That means the final tally is 1-0, Melissa King taking home the trivia round. That means, Melissa, you have the biggest decision of the episode. 
you get to decide whether you present your case first or you take the home team approach and bat second. I'm taking the home team approach. We're batting second. Let's let's let Greg go first. Here we go. Gregory Gorday will present his case first. But before we get into that, let's take a quick break. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we are back to recap today in the food court. We have the case of two of the biggest food staples in the world. It's rice versus noodles. People of all ages in every part of the world love both foods. I know I do. And this is going to be a tough battle to judge. The way this works is that each of you will have three minutes to state your case. During this three minutes, you need to lay out your case and not focus on your opponent's case. Don't go negative. I base my verdicts on your arguments, so you need to passionately lay it all out there. Do not be the person who just says, I like rice or I like noodles because. And I only say that because some of our dearest Jeff friends have done just that. Does that make sense to both of you? Yes. Yep. 
All right, now don't worry. Listen, you'll get two minutes after your initial three minutes for a rebuttal to go as negative as you want to go and tell me all the reasons why rice or noodles are horrible, absolute losers. <laughs> and I have trouble thinking, just knowing you and your personalities, that you'll even be able to have a rebuttal, either of you. Because we all love each other and you're so nice. We'll see how that goes. But that's what the final two minutes will be for. Gregory is going to present first. You ready to go? Absolutely. Okay, you'll have three minutes. I'll be judging you from my smartphone from this side over here. Your three-minute first round, Gregory, starts now. Okay, so, you know, when we think about some of the best foods in the world, you know, noodles is obviously something that very much so comes to mind. When we think about comfort, when we think about culture, when we think about art, when we think about craftsmanship, when we think about utility, you know, noodles represent this food, you know, from the... The, the flowers used from rice to buckwheat to, you know, different types of wheat. From the preservation methods, you know, a lot of noodles around the world are made from fermentation based out of necessity. You know, noodles are sometimes dried, sometimes fresh, so they're really versatile. Um, but that also represents a sense of sustenance because the dried noodles are something that can be preserved for a long time. But, you know, from a global standpoint, there are so many different cultures represented in noodle dishes. You know, there are a lot from Asian cultures, European cultures, Caribbean cultures as well. And, you know, and just how the world works with food going across oceans and continents throughout the history of modern times, you know, different cultures have adapted different types of noodles into their own and made their dishes their own. I love noodles. You know, I love the slurp factor. You know, I think they're a really comforting food from a culinary perspective. They're so versatile because you can have, you know, like japchi, which is like a Korean sweet potato noodle, pad thai made from rice noodles. There are also lots of various Thai noodles made from fermented rice as well. Ramen, udon, soba, you know, laska from Malaysia. These are all amazing noodle dishes. Buntit from Vietnam. Chao Fan from China, Khao Soi, another amazing Thai dish, which actually features two noodles. And when we talk about all these dishes, we're talking about really complex dishes that go from, you know, subtle umami focused dishes in different parts of the world to really savory dishes, um, which kind of enhance a meal. So if you don't have a lot of meat or if you don't have a lot of vegetables, you can incorporate noodles and, and you can sustain your family. And that actually expands the meal. So it's actually a really good resourceful food product as well that sustains you with a few garnishes. So, I mean, I think overall, when we talk about all these different amazing cultures, I look at it from a, a global colony perspective, a humanity perspective, and just a flavor perspective, you know, from soups to stews, to stir fries, to cold noodles, to spicy, um, to tart, to just umami focused noodles representing so many different cultures from all across the world for, you know, something that's available year round, fresh or dried. I think noodles are the way to go. They're really fun. They're really easy. They're cheap. Um, they represent culture. They represent craftsmanship and they represent deliciousness. Wow, Gregory Gorday throwing down, I have to say, it has been it has been a really long time. Producer Crystal, you know this. It has been a really long time since someone has utilized the full three minutes. Not slowed down, not stopped. Very impressive. Not did not run out of gas. And Gregory Gorday dropping Greg knowledge on us. I knew I was going to learn a lot, and I did a, during that first presentation. I have to say, lots of points in that first round there for Gregory. He built on this aspect of craftsmanship and art from the top. 
I didn't, don't sometimes think about noodles as you know a craft or an art, but absolutely the utility, the versatility. You said buckwheat. I made buckwheat pancakes this morning. My kids can't stand buckwheat, but it's one of my favorite ingredients and uh, it's my court, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> also, the global factor. And here's my favorite thing that was said in that first round. Let's be honest, slurp factor. We have a hashtag. <laughs> Also, one of my uh, Jasmine Blaze, you both know, cow soy, one of her favorite dishes of all time. I did not know that there were two noodles. So the crunchy noodles on top is a different type of noodle. It is. Look at that. And so you have taught the esteemed judge a couple of things. <laughs> I love it. Lots of, lots of knowledge right there. And also that noodles are a flavor supporter, right? They're the, the supporting actor, if you will, to so many different things. All right, Melissa King, that was a tough first round from Gregory. Are you ready for your three minutes? I am. Let's do it. Okay, your time starts now. So, you know, rice is one of the most important grains in the entire world. It has been cultivated across thousands and thousands of years on every continent in this world. It is something that nourishes people. It provides comfort. It is a survival grain. It is really something that has fed people and kept them full for very little. It's really something that I find, you know, has fed people during times of hunger. You know, being Chinese American, um, it is certainly a staple grain within my own family and my heritage, but also other cultures as well. It is easy to digest. It is something that has a lot of versatility as well. You know, you can you can steam it, you can fry it, you can eat it the next day and turn it into something else like congee and add broth to that. Um, it is something that is also you eaten at every time of the day. You know, you can have it for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whether it is a congee or fried rice at nighttime when you're hungover. It is just extremely versatile. It is also just such a traditional item and it's, it's, it's a grain that actually you can make noodles with. So it is something that has, you know, is, is the backbone to so many dishes out there. And also you can ferment it and you can turn it into other things. You can turn it into koji and um, sake and rice wine. So it really is, is so extremely versatile in comparison to noodles. And I think it really is something that is, you know, it's, it's in every home. It really is a staple grain in every home that everyone can use. And again, you know, it provides that comfort. It's something that has been, you know, it's a grain that has been used throughout, throughout time. And, you know, within my own home, it is, it's something that we, we always have like a 50 pound bag of, of rice sitting in the, in the, in the pantry. So being a pantry staple, I think is extremely important. But again, you know, it is this grain that has been around for generations and is something that culturally you find in, everyone, in everyone's pantry, uh, whether it's white rice, brown rice, black rice, sweet rice, so many different kinds of rices out there as far as varietals that can be turned into completely different dishes. So, you know, again, it's that versatility and flexibility of that grain that I love. And then you have cultures that really focus on the purity of just that. Like Japan has these perfectly polished grains of rice. Time's there it up. is. Time ah. is up. Melissa King. I should have talked faster. No, also going all the way, running through the base. I don't know. I'm on a massive baseball kick, obviously, because 
that that's happening right now. Wow. Again, filling up the three minutes, lots of knowledge, lots of facts. I don't think there's a word that makes me hungrier than hearing Melissa King specifically say kanji. I think one of my first kanji experiences was with you as a judge on a set somewhere. I'm almost certain of it. <laughs> uh, and I know I went right back to my kitchen and then tried to make it with less success than you have. Also, you pretty much one top chef with a kanji I, i'm i'm guessing right it was <laughs> it was trickled in there yeah. It, well, yeah 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 so you're so you're so kind you're so humble so humble again versatile global you can make alcoholic beverages with it like can you do that with noodles i don't know comfort is this comfort versus art i did not think that that was the conversation that we were going to get into is it a more iconic pantry staple like melissa saying 50 pound bag of rice okay that's the first round i have to say it's very very close here i would say the margin of who's in front is probably a grain of rice that's how close it is <laughs> Uh, so we get into our rebuttals. That means it is time right now for Gregory to let us know why rice is overrated. I was going to say why rice is gross, but he's not going to say that. He's going he's gonna to let us know why rice is perhaps overrated. You got two minutes. Gregory, are you ready to go? Yes. Let's see how mean you can get here. Your two minutes starts now. First of all, I would never say rice is overrated because that would take away from a really important grain for the entire world like billions of people sustain on rice so for me to say that would be actually i first of all i don't believe that you know that's untrue it's unfair it's borderline racist against the whole world <laughs> because so many people rely <laughs> on rice but i will say to this rice is a starting block and my argument for noodles is that while rice yes is the the starting block you know you can actually make noodles from rice so when we talk about, you know, cooking a pot of rice, that's like the most basic level of sustenance. And, you know, obviously there's the art that goes into so many amazing rice dishes. But I just feel noodles are far more versatile because, yes, there are many types of rice, but there are, are far more types of noodles, I believe. And you bring into the whole artistry, the craftsmanship of making noodles, you know, from egg noodles to you know, different types of rice noodles to all the different types of grains we can use from tapioca starch to potato starch to corn starch to get different textures, bouncy, chewy, alkaline. You can get so many different types of textures depending on what country you are and depending on what dish you're trying to make, you know. Just, just specifically in Japan, you know, the difference between udon noodles and soba noodles, is, it's extremely vast. So, you know, I think when you talk about culinary history and culinary artistry and, you know, taking something that is grown and turning it into something that is delicious and magical, something that you can work on as a family together to create a really culturally iconic dish. When you talk about these dishes like, you know, uh, laska and pho, you know, and dandan, dan, we're talking about dishes that truly represent a culture and it's the way to go. Gregory Gourdet, jump up on that soapbox more often, man. I want to hear you talk about anything. <laughs> I mean, you got me like I'm almost letting you go for an extra 30, 30 seconds right there. <laughs> wow, big rebuttal right there. And do, uh, listen, we need, we need strong leadership in this world. <laughs> and I like uh, someone who comes up and say, I will not say something negative about my <laughs> opponent or my opponent's thoughts, but I will build upon uh, that. I, I will take... take the rice that is good, and I will make noodles out of those. That rice. 
I respect that. Uh, and just really, as, uh, listen, as, as again, goosebumps. I've not gotten goosebumps twice on an episode in a while, but some real, uh, first of all, you said magically delicious. Uh, I'm going to have to check the trademark on Lucky Charm cereal uh, to make sure we can actually say that. But listen, big points for it. Also, you rattled off bouncy, chewy, and then you lost me at alkaline. Like, I know what you're saying. I know what how to make ramen noodles, right? But like, bouncy and chewing get me excited. Alkaline does not. Well, I'm, not, I'm just talking about the diversity. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Melissa, it's your turn now. You got two minutes for your rebuttal. Gregory, two really strong rounds. Your two minutes. Melissa King, top chef champion. Your time starts now. <laughs> You know, rice to me is perfection. I'm a perfectionist and I think, you know, don't mess with something that's perfect. It's really, you know, perfect bowl of steamed rice. That's all you need. It's all about simplicity, all about that purity and tradition that has been around for generations of time and has been unchanged for a reason because it is the perfect grain. And so I think, you know, there is so much variety that you can do from just that grain of rice. You know, again, turning, fermenting it, doing, making breakfast with it and turning it into congee, adding soups to it. But, you know, there again is that purity of that one ingredient that you just don't need to mess with too much because it's already great on its own. And, but then it's a great vessel to like slurp up everything else. You know, if you make a stir fry or you make a stew or something like that, it's great. It's a great landing vessel. Um, and noodles are too, you know, but I think rice really sops it up a little more. And again, it's in every culture. It is something that is just so pure is the word I just keep going back to here. I don't even know, but I think the purity of it and yeah, you can get creative and make other things like rice crackers and, and, you know, rice flours and other derivatives of it. But again, you know, it starts with that one basic grain and that's what it all comes down to. As far as noodles, you know, noodles can weigh you down a lot. Noodles can get really heavy and weigh you down, but I think rice is something that I never get sick of personally. I can eat it all day long. Um, it is in my blood and my culture to just like live off of white rice and be completely happy with that. Let's see here. And what else, what else am I missing here? It's perfect. Time is up, but again, both of you going all the way to the bell in both rounds right there. Melissa King, maybe a slow start on the rebuttal. Again, both of you having such a hard time saying negative things about, you know, whether it's rice or noodles, understandably. It's tradition, it's perfect. Evoking the image of a steamy bowl of rice really struck me in that argument. Rice as a landing vessel. So, you know, talking about architecture, if you will. Melissa using the word sop, sopping up all of the deliciousness that goes into a rice dish. And really hitting the one big rebuttal moment there, that noodles, they can weigh you down. <laughs> I've been, I will say that that was a really big closing argument because can you what? eat noodles three times a day? I don't know. If you mix it up, yeah. You have like the all right, listen to everyone. Uh, we have, you have both given me a lot to think about. I am going to retire to my chambers, which are right off screen right here. And as I do that, we'll take a short break. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. 
retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Thank you both. One of you will be upset with me for a couple of minutes. <laughs> do you guys go through that still when like there's a judge on one of the show? Like, do you just have memories of people saying things? Like for me, it's Ming Tsai. I have had two like TV moments with Ming Tsai where he did not like what I did. And it's just so like, I love Ming Tsai. He's a good friend. But like every time I see him, I'm like, oh, really? You don't like salmon medium rare? It was really nice. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a chef in Italy that doesn't think too highly of me. <laughs> tough <laughs> okay here we go well i am back everyone a tough battle i have two close friends and amazing chefs in the building gregory gorday melissa king and this is a tough 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 decision but i think i have finally come up with a, a verdict on the battle of rice versus noodles before i decide you'll have one sentence or so to really leave us with some closing thoughts to perhaps persuade me to move in a different direction uh, melissa any final thoughts about why rice is better than noodles. You can't make some noodles without rice. <laughs> Just putting that out there. It starts with rice. That's the foundation. All right, that's a pretty big comment right there. Uh, Gregory, any last comments here? While rice may be a starting block, noodle dishes encompass and represent entire cultures and entire generations and centuries of cultural history in one dish all across the world. There it is. There you have it. Uh, they've used all of their time. Incredibly tough battle. Again, friends of mine, hopefully still friends after this, uh, after a long, long deliberation, which was about 37 seconds in my chambers. I have come up with the final decision and the winner of rice versus noodles as I get out my Noki board gavel. The winner today is noodles. Court <laughs> adjourned. Yay. Good job, Greg. At the end of the day, Gregory, I believe that it was the fact that you can make noodles with rice, the, the craftsmanship and art angle, the versatility, 
What do you have to say, Gregory? I mean, I I love rice. I grew up on rice. I eat rice every day. But I think when we talk about dishes that truly represent specific countries, we can think about four more noodle dishes than rice dishes. And I, I, I truly see rice as a building block for, for noodles. And I think, I just think when you think about iconic noodle dishes, you think about culture, you think about history, you think about centuries old traditions. And I think that's truly represented in a fully realized noodle dish. Such a good sport. Melissa King, he has not said a, he can't even say a bad word about rice, even in victory. <laughs> He's a sweetheart. <laughs> Absolutely. You both are. Thank you so much for joining me on the food court. I am your judge, Richard Blaze, and I'm sorry if I have offended any rice or noodle fans out there. I know I have. Listen, I still love you all. I swear. Please don't hate me. Some of you will. You'll let me know about it on our social media channels. You can find me at Richard Blaze on the Twitter, the Instagram, or even now at Richard Blaze Official on the TikTok. Please head to melissaking.com to check out her apparel and sauces. And you can also check out her on-demand cooking classes there. She's on Twitter and Instagram at Chef Melissa King. Keep your eyes peeled for Gregory's cookbook called Everyone's Table, Global Recipes for Modern Health, hitting the shelves in 2021. You can also probably find him running around the woods at 20 miles a clip. He's an amazing runner. He inspires me that way as well. He's on Twitter and Instagram at GG30,000. Food Court's a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Pamahi. Food Court was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are Gabrielle Collins, David Wasserman, and Jasmine Blaze. Our amazing theme song is by Jason Neesmith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What kind of person eats pizza with a fork? Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.